Because we've got like 10 to 15,000 Americans in the country right now, right? And are you committed to making sure that the troops stay until every American who wants to be out yes. is out? Yes. How about our Afghan allies? Does the commitment hold for them as well? The commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's what we're doing now. That's the path we're on. And I think we'll get there. So Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the if, troops will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. And? And if there are American force, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. That was President Joe Biden less than two weeks ago on George Stephanopoulos on ABC talking about how we are going to stay until everybody's out. Uh, clearly, that turned out to be not true. The United States left Afghanistan officially yesterday in their military presence. Uh, the last soldier boarded a C-17 yesterday evening uh, in Kabul time, and we left a bunch of people there completely contrary to what the president just said. But more on Afghanistan, again, as the story continues to unfold, this is going to be one of the biggest crises we've, we've ever had. But also, there's a lot of other news of the day, so we got to get to some of that. California teachers' unions are crazy, uh, so stick around for that. But all that and more coming up on this episode of The Joe Bob Show. Thanks so much for watching. It starts right now. Three, two, one. from a dingy bunker completely cut off from the outside world except for you fine folks. My name is Joe Bob. This is the Joe Bob Show today. It is Tuesday, August 31st, the year 2021 when everything changes. Everything went back to normal in 2021. Everything's totally fine now. Joe Biden has come and reinstated normalcy in the United States of America, except for the fact that he is not. And everything has become crazier as we speak. Turns out uh, Joe Biden is what liberals said Donald Trump was for the last four years. That seems to be the case. Uh, Afghanistan, unfortunately, uh, as we move to talking about what's going on in Afghanistan before we get into more things happening, because things are still happening around the world. Congress is still doing crazy S. Uh, teachers unions all over the place are continuing to hammer students uh, as opposed to teaching them. Uh, a lot of things continuing to happen around the world, but Afghanistan obviously is the biggest story. So we'll kind of go through what happened yesterday and everything uh, involving there. If you have any commentary, feel free to shoot it in the comments. Uh, we read a lot of them uh, on here. Try to get back. If you disagree with me, that's fine too. A disagreement, welcome. Uh, but anything we're talking about, feel free to comment in there. Got a lot of stuff on Joe Biden today. Uh, Going to be an interesting day. Before we get to any of that, I do want to tell you about capitalist propaganda. Uh, capitalist propaganda is the best way to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Head on over to capitalist propaganda where you can get the gear that promotes capitalism. It's time to spread capitalist propaganda to stop the empire. A lot of fun designs over at capitalist propaganda. Capitalist propaganda, the uh, arcade logo. Uh, this is one I was wearing yesterday. Go ahead, use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. You're welcome. Love capitalism and capitalism rocks. Also, this is these are hilarious. If you haven't seen these, these are the gas station stickers. Uh, <laughs> I did that. Joe Biden says, uh, pointing to the gas station, you know, 
maybe throw these on your gas station locally, wherever you live. We did it, Joe. Gas prices higher than Hunter Biden and the, the you miss me yet Donald Trump sticker. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us where you can find all the gear to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck. Capitalistpropaganda.us. So to get into the news of the day regarding Afghanistan, uh, this is the photo that you're seeing right now. It's a photo of the last military on the ground. Uh, however, not the last American. That's the big thing that I want to hit on today. The United States military is officially gone, officially out of Afghanistan. August 31st was the self-imposed deadline that the Biden administration gave to the Taliban. It's not like the Taliban gave that deadline to us. We talked about yesterday the Washington Post article where Joe Biden literally decided to trust the Taliban over the United States. Now, you may sound like, oh, that's, that's, there's no way that's true. No, no, that's literally what happened. When the Afghan government left, Kabul, the streets of Kabul went nuts. There were armed gangs roving through the street. Crime was insane. And the Taliban, of all people, said, whoa, this is crazy. Somebody has to take control of this. And they talked with our military command and said, do you want to police Kabul and at least get some sort of normalcy going on in here? Or do you want us to do it? Now, if we were doing it, we could have easily gotten everybody out who wanted to get out. There would be no checkpoints at the airport. There would be no street beatings. There would be no intimidation for people to come to the airport. The United States, yeah, we would have had to send more troops in there, but we would have had the ability to get anybody we wanted out, including all of the Americans, which aren't out, all of the Afghans who helped the United States and the U.S. coalition to get out, which are there are thousands of them left behind, and all of their families who are there are thousands of people in Kabul facing the new harsh reality of Taliban rule. But instead of the United States taking control of the city, Joe Biden chose the Taliban and then trusted the Taliban, which obviously, in hindsight, turned out to be a massive mistake. They set up checkpoints. People couldn't come to the airport. We all know the story. It was crazy. But the Washington Post had a huge article that we went through yesterday. Uh, we actually cut out the clip from yesterday it's about 17 minutes kind of detailing everything that was in that article uh, that's on the Facebook page, should be on the YouTube page in a little bit. But if you want more of that, go seek that out. Uh, it is nuts. Joe Biden literally chose the Taliban to secure Kabul over the U.S. military. Unbelievable. Um, here's a quick video of the Taliban. This is, this is well, I'm going to show this video to you. This is a video from yesterday. The second after the Americans left. Oh. All right. We're here right now with the Taliban as they enter into the, what was only minutes ago, uh, it was an American controlled portion of the military airport. Now they're taking over. They've completely taken over all of the, th that big helicopter, that $21 million Blackhawk that you saw in that video, now it's the Taliban's. Um, just a reminder, let us know what you think in the comment section. Uh, a lot of different, difference of opinions. What I've noticed from reading the messages and the comments, because there are hundreds of them that I read constantly, is people are all over the place uh, in terms of their political beliefs or they believe what they 
done here. Now, we're all pretty much in agreement that Joe Biden completely and royally screwed this up. Massive botched evacuation from Afghanistan by the Biden administration. But on, other than that, uh, there's a lot of differing opinions. So if you have a if you have an opinion, go ahead and type it in the comment section. Uh, maybe we'll get to it on the air. Let us know what you think about the situation. But this, again, is the Taliban entering uh, Kabul. We'll have this going on playing in the background. This is you see, they, they look like United States military because they have all of our gear. They have all of our guns. They have 600,000 weapons um, and are just strolling into the hangars uh, that we used to occupy and taking all of our equipment uh, that we left behind. The Biden administration is saying that there's a, between 100 and 200 Americans left in Kabul. They keep using the phrase uh, people that want to get out. Uh, Jonah Goldberg of the Dispatch uh, conservative news outlet uh, says, you know, can we talk to any one of those people who want to stay in Afghanistan? Because I, I don't know of anybody who actually wants to stay or what their reasoning would be. And if they do have a reason, it's probably because I'm an American, but I've got, you know, people that I know and love here who are not Americans who can't leave. I'm not going to abandon them. In that situation, right, those people are obviously people that also helped Americans as well. Get them out too. But no, the Biden administration decided we have to leave on our self-imposed deadline because the Taliban said so, which is an insane way to run an evacuation or an exit from a country. Um, absolutely beyond belief of how the, the administration handled this. Uh, also, Jonah Goldberg, again, from the dispatch says, where are you getting that 100 to 200 number, right? Where are we getting this 100 to 200 number? The, the United States has said we've evacuated about 6,000 Americans, but two weeks ago, that number was substantially higher. It was 10 to 15,000 people. Uh, so where are we getting this 100 to 200 number? And if we're all so precise on there is actually 100 to 200 people, that would mean we probably know who they are and where they might be. In which case, why didn't we go get them? If the administration is so keen on delivering this 100 to 200 number of Americans that are still in Kabul, why didn't we get them or why didn't we do anything for them? Uh, here's a clip from the military yesterday. Uh, I believe this is General McKenzie. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but uh, check this out. We've evacuated more than 6,000 U.S. civilians, which we believe represents the vast majority of those who wanted to leave at this time. Our men and women on the ground. Here's the thing is Joe Biden said Americans this. Who wants to be out yes. is out? Yes. How about our Afghan allies? Does the commitment hold for them as well? So the Joe Biden holds to get everyone out. Joe Biden said that when asked by George Stephanopoulos, not even two weeks ago, are we going to get all of the Americans out? Joe Biden said, yes, absolutely. And then here's this military general saying, we got the overwhelming majority, we believe. Not, not a good situation to be in if you're the most powerful military on the planet. Uh, the Washington Post says this is a moral disaster, not for the people on the ground, not the soldiers on the ground, because obviously they're doing the best they can in the situation that they're in. But instead, the mistakes, strategic and tactical, made by the Biden administration are a moral disaster. And I can't help agree with the Washington Post's assessment. Uh, last week, there was a big article or um, story that the United States gave 
the Afghan military, or sorry, 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 the United States gave the Taliban a kill list. Now, we, that's what it's being called. Um, wasn't entirely fair wording, if we're being honest, coming from the, uh, the media. But the administration completely denied it. They completely denied giving a list of people of Americans and Afghans who had helped us. Uh, the military, or sorry, the administration said, no, we didn't give that to the Taliban. Absolutely not. Then the Washington Post and the Wall Street Journal confirmed that story over the weekend. Turns out they actually did give a list. Now, maybe they were doing it in their mind because they thought it would be an easy way to get people through the checkpoints. But come on, a 13-year-old wouldn't have done that. Trusting the Taliban. Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State who has had impeachment filings filed in the House of Representatives, it's not going to go anywhere because Nancy Pelosi, but this guy believes in words. And words are good. I, I would encourage people to use their words when it comes to difficult situations or conflict. However, you can't just use words and solely trust the Taliban, which is what the administration did by giving them a list that is now turned into a kill list. Yesterday, Jen Psaki finally came out and admitted, yeah, we did give them lists. The administration lied constantly about this. And who's going to be held accountable for it? Probably nobody, realistically. Nobody has resigned. Nobody's been fired. The administration has been completely off the grid in terms of being able to take responsibility, which brings us to this tweet uh, from Joe Biden. This didn't age well at all uh, from the former candidate for president. But look at what Joe Biden said not all that long ago. We'll make it a little bit bigger for you. It's hard to believe, this is about a year ago, it's hard to believe that this has to be said. But unlike this president, I'll do my job and take responsibility. I won't blame others, and I'll never forget that the job isn't about me. It's about you. Here's the problem, Mr. President. If you remember anything from any of his press conferences that he did, every single time that Joe Biden has talked about Afghanistan, he's blamed Donald Trump in some way, shape, or form for something. So first things first, he said he wouldn't blame anybody. He would take responsibility for the actions and maybe mistakes of his presidency. He can't believe this even has to be said, Joe Biden said about a year ago. Can't even believe that he has to say it. But also, not only does he completely go against what he said he would do, he said he wouldn't blame anybody else. He'd take responsibility, unlike the previous administration. Also, when he is blaming people, it doesn't make any sense. Joe Biden blamed Donald Trump and his administration for having a plan in place for the Taliban that he didn't have to stick to. Joe Biden came into office and completely reversed everything that the United States was doing under the Trump administration. The whole Keystone Pipeline thing, the border, there's a bunch of stuff that Joe Biden can... That, Walked into the Oval Office and completely reversed it. You say you can't reverse the agreement that we had with the terrorist group? Give me a break. Get out of here. Uh, but Joe Biden, I won't blame others. Yeah, dude. Great. Uh, let us know what you think about that in the comment section. Um, maybe we'll get to a couple of these here in a little bit. Um, 
Oh, Joe, this is interesting. Uh, after watching that video of the Taliban, these guys are now better equipped and armored than I was when I first deployed. Now, I don't obviously know uh, what branch or when Joe was deployed or anything like that, um, but I'll take him at his word. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. Sounds like, uh, sounds like what the Biden administration did was arm the Taliban. Again, we'll play this video really quick again for you so you can kind of see what we were talking about. But the Taliban walking into the hangars as soon as the United States left. Um, yeah, not not good. Not uh, not a good look for the administration or for anybody uh, who says that we were going to get everybody, every American out, because obviously we didn't, um, and we left people there. This is the this is again the Taliban walking in and taking that. $21 million helicopter. Um, we're not going to show the helicopter footage from yesterday. Uh, there's been stuff flying around. If you want to go see it, go see it. But there appears to be a person hanging from a helicopter, hanging like by a noose from a helicopter flying around the city of Kabul. Uh, I'm not going to show it. If you want to see it, go see it. Um, this is from Reuters. Germany's Merkel, Angela Merkel, the uh, leader of Germany says that 10 to 40,000 left in Afghanistan with right to German residents, uh, saying that there are some, there, there could be up to 40,000 Afghans still in Kabul that we just left, that Germany just left, that we, we all just left. We made promises to those people uh, and then didn't follow through with those promises. Uh, this is from The Hill. Biden faces an unfinished mission of evacuating Americans. Um, we'll read a little bit from this piece. Not sure how much we'll get to it. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said officials between believe that between 100 and 200 Americans seeking to leave the country remained there and were not evacuated on military flights out of Kabul, which came to a halt on Monday evening to meet President Biden's Tuesday deadline for withdrawing U.S. forces that he imposed on ourselves. We set that deadline. And for some reason decided to stick with it, even though there are several hundred. The administration says 100 to 200. Jonah Goldberg says, how the heck do we know that that's true? They've lied about every other statistic. It's probably in the thousands, realistically. Um, but yeah, Joe Biden set up a deadline and he stuck to the deadline himself. Uh, Blinken said, we will continue our relentless effort to help Americans, foreign nationals, and Afghans leave Afghanistan if they choose. With what, dude? The Secretary of State, again, this is a guy who believes in words over actions. Look, again, I'm all about using your words from a military standpoint and dealing with situations abroad. But there are times where you're going to have to use actions. Instead of word, words, he says, we will continue our relentless efforts to help Americans. We don't have any power to do any of that. It's terrible. It's a terrible situation. But this is the reality of the situation. All of our military is gone. We have no power to control the Taliban. We, we, we have no ability to do anything other than use nice, flowy words like Secretary Blinken wants to do. Um, Biden in the White House less than two weeks ago said, let me be clear, any American who wants to come home 
We will get you home. Joe Biden said that. Any American who wants to come home, we will get you home. Since the end of July, U.S. military and coalition forces, now I want to make that clear, and coalition forces have evacuated more than 123,000 civilians from Afghanistan as the Taliban gained control of the country quicker than U.S. officials anticipated. About 6,000 Americans have been evacuated or otherwise departed Afghanistan, according to U.S. officials, which again, how the heck do we know, according to U.S. officials, means anything when it comes to the propaganda being spun out of the Biden administration. Uh, They've been flouting this 123,000 people evacuated number for a while. Keep in mind, that's not the U.S. military alone. They've clumped everybody in together to fluff the numbers and make it look better. This is including British forces, German forces, Italian forces, everybody else that was there who had an embassy in Kabul or had people in Kabul uh, or in Afghanistan in general. All of the people combined, including the U.S., that's the 120,000 number. The United States have been, has been mixing that in. Secretary Blinken, Joe Biden, anybody who's been talking about it has been mixing it in so that they can fluff the numbers a little bit to make ourselves look better. Thousands of Afghans who assisted U.S. forces and special immigrant or and our special immigrant visa applicants have also been evacuated. Blinken did not specify on Monday how many of those individuals remain. Angela Merkel says up to 40,000, remember from earlier. Uh, evacuating Americans and Afghans will be difficult, especially given that no, the U.S. no longer has any diplomatic presence in Afghanistan. Republicans quickly attacked Biden on Monday, which they rightfully should have, over the fact that Americans were left behind when uh, and accused uh, the Biden administration of being a national disgrace and cowardice and incompetence, which again is rightly so. That was coming from Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska. The president made the morally indefensible decision to leave Americans behind. Dishonor was the president's choice. May history never forget this cowardice. Again, the president made a lot of terrible choices here. There are tactical decisions that are debatable. There are policy decisions that are debatable, whether you agree with them or not. Policy is debatable. Politics is debatable. The decisions that Joe Biden made are objectively not debatable. Again, if you missed the Washington Post article yesterday, go seek it out. It's a, it's a rather long video, but we go in detail. Cut, we, chop that, we chop that segment out of the show, but we go in detail. Basically, when Afghanistan government left, the Taliban said the, the city of Kabul went nuts. Armed gangs roaming through the streets. Crime went through the roof in just a day, and the Taliban said, somebody needs to take control of this. It either needs to be the United States or the Taliban. Joe Biden picked the Taliban and said, all we need is the airport. Unforgivable mistake, uh, which is why yesterday we were calling for the resignation of Joe Biden. Again, I'm not one of those types of people that's into hyperbole and thinks Joe Biden just for existing should resign. There's a lot of things that I hate, but elections have consequences, and I understand that. But this is an absolutely impeachable and removable offense. The terrible decision-making and the lying that came out of this administration. Um, here's, uh, here's something that's not fun also. Uh, this is coming out of the Daily Caller. The departure from Afghanistan meant that we left a ton of military service dogs behind. 
Um, a death sentence for animal rights groups go after Biden administration for alleged, allegedly leaving service dogs behind. This is sad. I don't want to talk about this. This is uh, irritating. Uh, I don't like it. But the Biden administration also left military dogs behind. Couldn't cram them in on a C-17. Uh, seems like that would have been likely. Uh, this is the last thing I want to get to on this. Uh, this is a mom of one of the Marines that was killed in the Kabul attack. Here's what she posted on Facebook. Um, since IG Instagram has disabled my account, I'm sure Facebook will be deleting my account also. Isn't that cute how the blood of my son is on Biden's hands and they choose to silence me? Uh, that's rough. Um, Obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to that young man's family and especially his mother. But I don't know if I call it irony. I don't know what it is. But the audacity to remove her from social media platforms for calling out the Biden administration, rightfully so, by the way, Joe Biden's decisions over the course of the last several months led to those 13 servicemen and women being killed in Kabul. It 100% attributable to the Biden administration. And she's being kicked off of social media platforms for criticizing it. Seems like a crazy situation to be in. Um, anyways, we'll kind of move on from there. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Oh, actually, sorry. Give me, give me one, one more quick thing. Uh, about Afghanistan going on in the situation. This is this is ridiculous. So the Biden administration, well, sorry, not the Biden administration, literally everybody has been saying that China has been terrible when it comes to uh, human rights, especially with Muslims. They have in the Xinjiang province, probably over a million Muslims in the concentration camps that they have in the Xinjiang province. We've seen videos of it. Uh, we've seen all that stuff yet. So we've called them out. The U.S. Let me make this a little bit bigger. U.S. urges China to take Afghan regis, reg, refugees while accusing China of Muslim genocide, which is absolutely true. Afghan population is 99.7% Muslim. The U.S. also accuses China of genocide. Of Muslims, and they also accept people. They also want China to accept Afghan re refugees. This is Ned Price, Secretary or the State Department spokesperson, saying China is killing Muslims. Also, China should accept more Muslims. I don't know what's going on there, but that doesn't seem like a uh, good <laughs> stake to be holding. Uh, so let's get to a couple more other things going on in the world. Uh, if you missed any part of the Afghanistan segment of this. Go check it out on the podcast. Uh, go grab, go rewatch on Facebook, YouTube, anywhere you, where you get your podcasts. Uh, check it out. If you missed any part of it, that stuff will all be up. Uh, but I got to move on to other things going on because believe it or not, other things are happening in the world. I, these are a couple of headlines that I want to hit. Uh, jury selection begins for Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, if you don't know that situation, uh, Elizabeth Holmes is, uh, was the, uh, what was the company called that she started? She started the fake blood testing call with just a single drop of blood. Theranos was what the 
company was called that Elizabeth Holmes founded. Completely frauded a bunch of people. But anyways, the jury selection is underway for her. Uh, inflation through the roof. Inflation numbers came out last Friday. A key indicator uh, jumped 3.6%. Key indicator of inflation, which is the fastest rise of that particular indicator in over 30 years. Inflation has been up month over month, somewhere between 3 and 5%. Inflation is a real thing that the Biden administration is causing, uh, and it's going to be a massive problem that we're going to have to deal with. If you have cash savings, go do something with it. Go buy property. Go do something. Don't buy property in California because you can't evict anybody. Uh, firsthand experience right here. But get rid of your cash. Go buy gold. Do something to hedge against the massive inflation that the Joe Biden administration is causing or going to cause. Again, we just passed another trillion dollars worth of spending of money that we don't have. Nancy Pelosi is threatening to put that $3.5 trillion massive restructuring of society through Congress. Uh, so inflation is on the rise and not going anywhere. Uh, Hurricane Ira is wreaking havoc in New Orleans. Uh, sewage is out, no water. A million structures have been affected. And officials say that it could be at least 20 days before the power is back on in some of those cities. The good news is the levees held. Uh, remember, the storm was just as bad with Katrina, but the levees broke that held, hold the water out of the cities. So in this uh, situation, in this hurricane, the levees held, which is a good thing, but obviously still major damage being done to the city uh, as well as the surrounding areas in Louisiana, excuse me, in Louisiana and some parts of Mississippi. Uh, cell towers are damaged, uh, rough scene in Louisiana. Uh, obviously the effects of the hurricane will, if anything crazy, crazy happens or any of the numbers come out of there, we'll bring that to you. Uh, as they come up over the next couple days. AOC and the squad was commenting on the Fed chair. This is hilarious. The Federal Reserve, get the people who set the interest rates, that's really the only thing they do. They set interest rates for banks and the overnight market and all. Not going to get into what the Fed specifically does, but the Fed sets interest rates and tries to control inflation in the United States by issuing or setting interest rates for creating new money. The Fed deals with money. That's what I'm getting at here. The Fed doesn't deal with things that AOC wants them to deal with. Uh, this, is, this is a statement from AOC and the squad. Under his leadership, this is again talking about Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve. Under his leadership, the Federal Reserve has taken very little action to mitigate the risk of climate change as it poses to our financial system. AOC is saying that the federal chair, the Federal Reserve Chairman, again, AOC saying the Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, has done little to combat climate change. Okay. <laughs> and this is, again, at a time where the CDC is controlling housing and dictating language to hospitals. So, yeah, maybe, maybe the Federal Reserve has everything to do with climate change nowadays. We need a leader at the helm that will take bold and decisive action to eliminate climate risk. Again, from the Federal Reserve Chairmanship. Okay, what's next? Is the FCC, the Federal Communications Committee, I don't know whatever it's called, going to be testing the water in your local municipality water source? 
I don't know, is the FAA that controls the air now, the flights, helicopters, airplanes, all that, are they going to be critiquing home inspections? Where does this end? AOC and the squad calling for the Federal Reserve Chair to enact better climate change policies as it has to do with money. The Fed controls interest rates, dude. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, this is a story I've been wanting to get on for a couple of days now, and I haven't been able to get to it. This is a study out of Jeru- uh, sorry, Tel Aviv uh, University, Maccabee researchers at healthcare at Tel Aviv University, compared the outcomes of over 76,000 Israelis in three groups, the doubly vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine, the previously infected but unvaccinated, and the previously infected with a single vaccine dose. They found that fully vaccinated but uninfected people were significantly more likely to have a breakthrough COVID infection than people who had been previously infected and recovered from the disease. This is the whole vaccine versus natural immunity thing. This is what this is. The natural immunity, according to this study, is 13 times more likely to give you a better outcome from COVID than the vaccine. Now, this is, again, not an anti-vax show. If you want the vaccine, go get the vaccine. I'm an anti-mandate person. Don't mandate anything health-related, in the vaccine-related. Again, we're also calling this a vaccine. It's, uh, we have to reframe that. The vaccines that everybody's used to adhering is when you get them when you're a little kid and they last through your entire life. This is not that. This is a this is more similar to a flu shot that comes annually. So when you call it a vaccine, we don't call the flu shots vaccine, we call it a flu shot. Again, maybe scientifically the word vaccine makes sense here. I don't actually know. But it's a different thing than what a lot of us than what a lot of us think when we think vaccine. Uh, the study is only published as a preprint at this stage and has not been peer-reviewed. So there's that. That's the caveat. Critics include British uh, whatever immunologists pointed out uh, the potential limitations of the study. But it has been described as a bombshell development. If the vaccine is less effective than natural immunity, you've got 120 million Americans likely who got the disease. Now, whether those people ended up getting vaccinated, those are obviously going to be bleed over across through lines. But essentially, if you want to talk about vaccine passports, I should be able to show, and anybody should be able to show, a positive COVID test from the last six months. Because that's just as good. One, the vaccine passport doesn't make any sense. We can talk about that at a later date. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow because I I don't have a lot of time for this because I do want to get into the LA Teachers Union uh, and how insane they are over there. But um, the vaccine apparently is not even close to as effective as natural immunity, according to this study. That's all I'm going to say about that. I'll probably get canceled on YouTube. Um, I want to get this up here. This is Cecilia Maillard-Cruz. The president of the LA Teachers Union, uh, she handles over 33,000 teachers in the LA Unified School District. This is from the Daily Mail. Instead of focusing just on issues that affect parents, teachers, and students in LA schools, Cecilia Maillard Cruz has gone to bat on issues like Israeli Palestine conflict, Medicare for All, and protesting California's election laws. 
Most notably, she fought Gavin Newsom on his plan to reopen schools last April. She said it was racist towards communities where COVID-19 was more rampant and was typically minority and lower income communities. So we all have our issues with Gavin Newsom. Recall's happening September 14th. If you haven't turned in your ballot yet, make sure you do, though. Yes on the recall and pick whoever you want. I think Larry Elder's a great choice, but pick whoever you want. Kevin Kiley's also a great choice, like Kevin Faulkner, like all of them. Just not Gavin Newsom. Anyways, King Gavin Newsom, who shut the schools down, and then finally, in April, was starting to open them up. This peach and blossom of sunshine was fighting him on it in April. No, no, we still can't open up schools, and it's racist. We had a clip on that in one of our Daily Caller episodes where she literally was saying uh, the white communities are pushing this reopening stuff. This, this lady is, is such a, a joy to be around and a peach to read about. She also said that teachers won't teach remotely for more than four hours a day and claimed it was because it wasn't good for kids to sit any longer on the screens. Asked about lockdowns and how they negatively affected kids, she told LA Magazine, get this, LA School District, she told LA Magazine, there's no such thing as learning loss. Our kids didn't lose anything. It's okay that our babies may not have learned their timetables. Okay, no such thing as learning loss from the LA Teachers Union president. Holy cow. Nobody lost anything, except for what all of the studies say, that massive learning loss took place. She says, they learned resilience. They learned survival. They learned critical thinking skills. They know the difference between a riot and a protest. They now know the words insurrection and coup. Because, that was need because that's what needed to be changed in the school system in the United States of America. <laughs> This lady is off her rocker. She also snapped at a reporter for suggesting that some of her approaches were radical, saying it's not radical to ask for ethnic studies. Yeah, that's not what that is, though. This lady is, again, off her rocker. We don't have a say in who the L.A. teachers choose as their union president. But holy cow. Maybe we should put some pressure on L.A. teachers to get this lunatic out of there. And get somebody with at least some sort of common sense. I mean, maybe we don't even agree with this next person, but maybe they get somebody with at least some common sense. Here's the problem. Is that the people that are still in the teachers union, there was a big Supreme Court uh, case a couple of years ago that said you don't – up until a few years ago, you had to be a part of the teacher. If you were a teacher, you had to be part of the teachers union. Supreme Court said that's unconstitutional. Can't do that. Can't force somebody to be part of the teachers union. So a lot of the teachers that would agree with getting this lady out of her seat – have since left the teachers union and therefore no longer have a vote. So there's that. Uh, she's going to be in there for a long time. The probable communist Cecilia Meyer Cruz of the LA teachers unions. Actually, Cecilia, if you want to come on the show at any point, let me know. I'd be happy to have you and have a conversation. Would love to talk. I think that's unlikely, but that seems to be the case. In other news, in teachers news, in California specifically, I want to play this clip uh, from Costa Mesa, a teacher made her kids pledge allegiance to the LGBTQIA+. I think I got all the letters there. I'm actually pretty proud of myself. Uh, flag. 
Check this out. The Unified School District says what that teacher says in that video does not align with the district's values. They are now investigating this. Meanwhile, a lot of parents are very concerned and shocked by what they heard that teacher say. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there, but I took it down during COVID because it made me uncomfortable. The school district says that's Kristen Pitson, who identifies herself as an 11th grade teacher at Back Bay High School here in Costa Mesa. She starts that TikTok video by saying that during the Pledge of Allegiance, she gives students the option to stand and say the words. She goes on to share that her class does not have an American flag and that she took it down during the pandemic because it made her uncomfortable. In this video, Pitson says a student asked why there was no flag recently. She says she tells the student she would try to find it, but then admits she's lying. Parents in the area say they are shocked by what the teacher says next. In the meantime, I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. And he like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? Again, this video is now under investigation by the Newport Mesa Unified School District. A spokesperson says, I assure you that we take matters like this seriously and are taking action to address it. Showing respect to our nation's flag is a value that we instill in our students and an expectation of our employees. So here's the thing. Uh, this teacher, let me, let, me, let me make sure we freeze frame on a, uh, on a, on a good one. There we go. Uh, this teacher took down her American flag because it made her uncomfortable. Wow. I, so here's the thing. It's also demeaning to people. I, there's the whole respect for the flag component. And that's, I, I, everybody else is making that argument. I agree with that argument. I'm not going to make it here because I, everybody already knows that that's ridiculous. But the idea that a piece of cloth can offend you in a classroom in a nation in which you're entirely free to do pretty much whatever you want so long as you don't hurt other people. How do you not see the irony there? The ability to take down the flag is the reason why the flag is so great to begin with. Should she do it? Absolutely not. But to not understand the irony of her own actions is insane to me. On top of that, there should be some sort of semblance of respect for the nation. That we, the, the greatest thing you've ever done, you, I'm talking to you, anybody watching this, you and her and you, the greatest thing you've ever done is be born in the United States. Let's not forget that. So taking down the flag of the United States is just a testament to how ill-informed some people are on how the rest of the world works. The best thing you could have ever done is be born in the United States. We're seeing that, obviously, in Afghanistan. Be thankful you were born here by chance. Yet the teacher takes down the American flag, laughs in the face of it, and then has her students pledge allegiance to whatever other flag is in her room. And then, and then on top of that, again, this is a testament to how great the country is. She has the audacity to go on the internet and brag about it publicly to anybody who wants to watch. The fact that she was able to do that, she should put the flag up for respect to the fact that she can do that. That, 
It's just an entirely ironic situation. The fact that she can go out and then criticize the very country that allows her to criticize it. She's wrong, by the way. Goes without saying, she's wrong. But the fact that she can would warrant some sort of respect to the flag that represents the place where you're allowed to do that. I don't know. Uh, having said all of that, I hope she gets fired. I don't hope she gets fired. I hope she has a difficult time dealing with parents and students. Obviously, from a rhetorical standpoint. I hope people argue with her. I hope people, I hope, I hope she sees her ways were not the way that she should be handling things. And I hope she gets reprimanded at some some point. But again, you can't fire teachers, especially if they're tenured. She's probably, probably tenured. Nothing you can really do to a tenured teacher, unfortunately, in California and everywhere else. But ugh, I don't know. Gets me irritated. Um, that's going to do it for us today. Actually, no, it's not. Meme time. Meme time is up. Guys, this is my favorite part. Uh, try to end the show here on some levity. So we got some memes for you. Let's go with, uh, because that teacher had uh, the LGBTQIA plus or minus sign or flag up in her classroom. Let's go with this one. This is He-Man. This is, if you don't understand this meme, the, the objective of it is uh, this cartoon character shows up, tells you some quick fact and says, see you next time. <laughs> This is funny. Let me make it bigger for you. Calling yourselves <laughs> calling yourself non-binary categorizes everyone into binary or non-binary, creating a binary system which makes you binary again. Until next time, <laughs> and then jets off. <laughs> That's a good point. If you call yourself non-binary, that means that everybody else is binary, which makes you binary again. <laughs> Uh, good time. Let's get into another one. Um, this is a little bit more appropriate, not appropriate, a little bit more relevant to the situation going on. Here's Obama and Hillary. We botched the evacuation of over 30 Americans in Benghazi. And then Joe Biden obviously says, hold my cone. <laughs> Watch this. You think you can botch the evacuation of 30 people in Benghazi? Let me botch the evacuation of several thousand and leave probably thousands behind. <laughs> uh, I wish it were more funny, but it's not. It's just more ironic. Uh, let's see. <laughs> let's couple more. Couple more we got for you. There's those Sun Tzu memes that are just so hilarious. Uh, talking about Sun Tzu and the art of war. Here's one from uh, Joe Biden again. If you do not know what you're doing, neither does your enemy. Joe Sue, Art of War. Obviously, that's not the case, but it's uh, it would be it's funny fake quotes. There was another one that we shared a while ago. I don't have it with me, but it was hilarious. It was like this. It was a fake quote from Sun Tzu, The Art of War, saying, "Always abandon your most strategic airbase during an evacuation." <laughs> Sun Tzu, Art of War. Uh, Joe Sue, Art of War. If you don't know what you're doing, neither does your enemy. So true, Joe. Thanks so much for sharing that piece of wisdom with us. I think we've got one more here. Um, let's see. Maybe we don't. That was it. That was it for meme time. Um, meme time, favorite part of the show. 
So that'll do it for us now. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We'll be right back here bright and early tomorrow morning talking about the news of the day. Hopefully we don't have bad news about Afghanistan. If you missed any segment of this, uh, go ahead and click on the link in the bio that gives you everywhere you can watch it. Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify podcast, all the podcast apps. You can also go listen on there. Uh, Breaker, Pocket Cast, all, all of the podcast apps that you listen to. If you miss any part of it or if you want to just catch up uh, listen in your car, driving to work, mowing the lawn, doing whatever you're doing. Check out the podcast. If you missed any segment, want to check it out. Um, also, if you haven't already, go check out uh, my show on Daily Caller called Quality Control. Um, Quality Control is a show, again, we do weekly on the Daily Caller where we dive deep into the political and cultural stories of the day. This past week, we did King Gavin Newsom. So if you're in California, and I think a lot of you are because this was a California-based show uh, for a while. Uh, if you're in California, go check out that episode. Uh, we'll share it on the Joe Bob Show page on Facebook. But again, King Gavin, gotta go, dude. And there's a lot of other reasons outside of the whole French Laundry incident that we detail in detail in the episode uh, of King Gavin and his rule over California. That's going to do it. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Joe Bob. This is The Joe Bob Show. Uh, we'll see you back here right and early tomorrow. God bless America.